When Jamie was seven, he wrote a riddle. Now, this riddle is pretty tricky, so listen closely and see if you can figure out the answer. I'm often kept as a pet. I like to chase cats. I walk on four legs. I don't eat with forks, knives, spoons, or any other cutlery. I have white fur with black spots. I am in a movie called 101 Dalmatians. Did you figure it out? That's Jamie reading a riddle he wrote when he was seven. And me, I'm Dan Meisner. Welcome to Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing? It is very nice to see you. Boy, oh boy. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Toronto, we have a visit to Planet Grammar, love letters to a stranger, and a really, really short diving board. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and if you listen carefully, this stuff can also help us understand who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. A minute ago, we heard from Jamie, who read a riddle he wrote when he was seven. But that wasn't the only thing Jamie shared at our Toronto show. Next, I'm going to be reading an acrostic poem I wrote about trees. (laughs) Trees have a brown trunk. Ryan likes trees. (laughs) Eric also likes trees. (laughs) Everybody likes the trees. So do I. When I grow up, I would like to be a hockey player and a builder. I will build my mom a mansion. There will be 19 floors, and in the basement, there would be a pool with a 777-foot water slide and a 9-inch diving board. And when I'm playing hockey, I would invite all my friends to see the game, and then I would move to Florida. This is another poem about trees. (laughs) I climb trees. Now, Now, these are from the autobiography. I was about 10 years old. I remember the night before my sister Lauren's 10th birthday party. I went into the fridge and ate all the jelly beans off her birthday cake because I knew they were her favorite. She got really angry at me, and as a punishment, I didn't get to eat any of the cake. I remember when I was five and went to Florida, I thought I could bury anything and find it again. I tried using my goggles as an experiment. I buried them in the sand and then looked for them, but I couldn't find them. I learned a very important lesson. Never bury anything in the sand. 
One of the things that my parents remember about me is that from the moment I could speak and hold a conversation, I never stopped talking. They say I talked from the moment I woke up until the time I went to bed. They say I was always asking questions and wanted to know how things worked. They also tell me that I started to read the paper at age seven. I guess that's why I talk so much today. They reminded me that I was once asked to leave the movie 101 Dalmatians <laughs> because I was talking to everybody in the theater. They say I couldn't sit still and decided to talk to everybody instead. I guess there was someone there that didn't like it, so they asked me to leave. Lucky I was able to catch the rest of it on video. I used to want to be an athlete, but I don't want to anymore because I don't want to be far away from my family. I want to go to a good college and to study in medicine or architecture. I know that I have to get good marks and be the best of the best, so I'm going to start studying tomorrow. Ha ha! If I can't be a doctor or a builder, I want to be an athlete. I want to get married when I'm 27 or in the year 2017. <laughs> One last little bit. In the future, I think the world will be different. I think technology is going to keep developing until you're flying down Main Street in your new space vehicle. I think we'll conduct our daily business through the computer or have robots that can do things for us. I hope we will have no more sickness in the world. I especially hope that Quebec will still be part of Canada. <laughs> Thank you. In his autobiography, Jamie mentioned that he wanted to get married in 2017. And after the show, I checked in to see if there had been any progress on that front. He told me he had just moved in with his girlfriend, and it is serious, but they are not quite married. Closer, he says, but not there yet. In unrelated news, Jamie also told me there has not been a lot of progress on that nine-inch diving board. When Frances was 15, she had a huge crush on a boy named Don. The trouble was, she had never actually spoken to Don. Instead, she wrote him love letters, which she composed, but never sent, which is why she still has them to this day. Dear Dawn, I wonder if you know how much my heart yearns for yours. <laughs> when I see you in the halls, I long to stop and tell you exactly how I feel. You don't have to love me back, but, but at least be kind to me. I pray that someday... If you could, we might be together. I loving you and you loving me. <laughs> Holding hands in the sun, tanning ourselves on the grass, <laughs> running in rain and laughing together at nothing at all. Sometimes I wonder what you think of me. And then there's her. Why? Maybe someday, dot, dot, dot. Loving you always, Francis. P.S. You'll probably never get this letter or ever read it. <clears throat> Another letter to Dawn. Dear Dawn, I had a dream about you last night. It was magical. Maybe that's my problem. I dream too much. 
They say that dreams never come true, only action. But what can I do? Should I run up to you in the halls and tell you I love you madly? No, not when you're going out with someone else. Right? Besides, that would embarrass you, I think. When I really think about you logically, which is hardly ever, I realize I don't even know you. Strange, isn't it? Francis. P.S. I love you. Last letter to Dawn, I think. Dear Dawn, I just heard you were going around with Dawn and Nelson, and I felt funny inside. I tried to hide it, but it wasn't easy. How I wish I could sit down with you for a year and tell you everything. But that will never happen. You and I simply aren't meant for each other. Maybe it's our personalities, or maybe it's just how things happen to us. I've given up hope and love for you, us, and I found someone else. (laughs) Hopefully I'll do better than I ever did with you. (laughs) Maybe I'll even get to go out with him. (laughs) Uh, uh, I really wish things had happened differently, turned out a different, better way. Last of my love for you, Francis. P.S. I loved you. Hey. Hi, Francis. It's Dan. Hi. When you wrote those letters to Don, you had never actually spoken to him, right? No, I had never spoken to him. Did you ever get a chance to talk to him? I finally was able to go on a date with him when I was about 25. And, uh, yeah, it was terrible. Did you tell him about the letters? I I can't remember. All uh, all I remember is um, uh, just coming home and being very disappointed in the date. (sighs) I have to say, you had built him up a little bit in your mind as a 15-year-old. Oh, oh. He he was a god to me. Just a god. So, knowing what you know now, if you could go back and give 15-year-old Francis some advice about love and dating and relationships and infatuation, uh, what would you tell her? I would actually tell her to go speak to him when she was 15 and madly in love and just try. Because <laughs> maybe it would have been fun at that age. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Any message for Don in case he's listening to this and uh, recognizes himself? It was not to be, I guess. It could have been great maybe when I was 15 and he was 16, but uh, yeah, it would have been brief. God bless them. (laughs) Francis, thanks so much for sharing. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
joining us on stage right now. Tish is going to share a play that she wrote in middle school, and grammar nerds rejoice. This is a play about grammar <laughs> titled Grammar. Please welcome to our stage, Tish. Narrator. Somewhere among the many unknown planets, there was once a noun flying in his spaceship phrase. He looked at the controls and discovered that he was just about out of fuel, so he landed on the very next planet he saw, which happened to be grammar. When he climbed out of his ship, he started looking around for a refueling station. Suddenly, a mass figure stepped out from behind a tree and poked a gun into Noun's back. Pronoun, surly, jabbing with his gun. Who are you? Arms above his head. I am a noun. I'm harmless. What is a noun? Surely you've heard of me. I am a naming word. A word like man, house, tree, fun. I thought so. Well, you had better get out of here quick. You see, I'm a pronoun. Oh, no. We take the place of nouns on the planet grammar. There are... There are plenty of us pronouns to do your work. You aren't safe around us. Well, I, I didn't mean to come, really. I don't want to stay. Good, then get moving. But first I have to refuel. Where can I get some action? Action? You'll have to see verb for that. He expresses the action around here. Where can I find him? Can you describe him for me? Look, mister, I don't do any describing. You'll have to find adjective. Adjective will do your describing for you. And where do I find adjective? Find him yourself. I don't answer the question where. Now, don't let me see you here when I come back. I'll give you five minutes. Oh, what a place. Did I hear someone mention helpful little me? Are you adjective? Of course I am, you big, strong man. <laughs> you must be a noun. Oh, I do like nouns. I love to describe or modify them. <laughs> Pronouns, too, but they're so rough and crude. If nouns are plain, ordinary, stupid old things, I can make them beautiful, different, and smart. What can I do for you? Narrator, noun explained. Adjective, I'm afraid I can't help poor little you. I never have anything to do with verb. He thinks he is so important. But here comes adverb. He's a close friend of verb. Silly, stuck-up creature. Why don't you ask him? I can't stand either of them. Goodbye. <laughs> Pardon me, but are you adverb? Certainly, surely, definitely, truly. <laughs> Then you're just the person I'm looking for. Why? How? When? Where? <laughs> Noun. I understand that you were a friend of verb. I'm trying to find him. A friend of verb indeed I am. Ah, yes, yes, and yes. In fact, I modify verb constantly. He would be very dull, very dull if it weren't for me. Also, infrequently, I modify adjectives and other adverbs. Though I do not like to, it lowers my dignity. You, I presume, are a noun. That's right. Well, I'm indescribably busy, frightfully busy. I have no time to bother with nouns. Good day. 
don't go yet. I want to be connected with Ferb. Connected? Dear, dear, that's not my type of work. You'll have to talk to conjunction over there. <laughs> Are you conjunction? Yes, but don't expect much help from me. I'm just a joiner, just a nut and bolt around here. You may call me and if you want to. What a name, and. All my family have names like that, but, or, when, while, because. Such a dreary life we lead. Joining, joining, joining. Can you connect me with Verb? I want to get my phrase started. I'd like to, but I don't know where he is. I don't know anything. As I told you, I'm just a nut. Good grief. The sooner I get off this planet, the better. I guess I'll have to find Verb by myself. Who's coming now? Oh, alas, where? Phew, ouch. Is there something wrong? Can I help you? Oh, no. I'm just expressing feelings. All of us interjections do that. Wow. <laughs> you sure you're all right? Yowza, who are you? Oh, my, oh, mercy me. I know verb, and I know that he is in every sentence. In fact, without verb, you can't have a sentence. Golly, think of that. But where is he now? Goodness gracious. <laughs> verb, are you the noun that has been looking for me? You're a good subject for one of my sentences. What can I do for you, old chap? All I want to do is refuel and get off this crazy planet. Very good. Come with me. I'll see that you get your preposition. What is that? I want some fuel to get my ship started. Prepositions start phrases. Your ship is named phrase. Preposition will take you in any direction you want to go. Up, down, around, about, to, from, on, up. Off! That's what I want. Off. Lead me to him. Come back anytime you want. I'd like to have you on grammar. Interjection. Yippee! Narrator. So Noun started his ship phrase with a preposition and took off into space. That's all. The end. <laughs> Do you want to know the best part? After Tish wrote that, she went on to become an English teacher. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Poetry is always popular at Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. When Linnea was 15, she wrote a short poem about love. This poem is called A Man in Love. <laughs> a man in love is like a child in the dark. He is scared. He is stupid. <laughs> he feels unable to get out. Love is like a terrifying blanket. It is warm, yet you are unable to get out. Love is a blessing. Love is a curse. Thank you.
Linnea wasn't the only one at our Toronto show who shared their teenage perspective on love. Our next reader, Amanda, brought a short poem, too. Your rough, spicy hands are dragged through my wet, lipstick-cured lips and wrapped around the back of my neck. Your other arm is gently wrapped around my waist. Your hot breath is flowing to my ear like a magnet being tossed onto a fridge. (laughs) And you whisper the words, can I have a smoke? Thank you. This may just be a wild guess. There's probably a bit more to that story. (laughs) These days, there's a lot of scary stuff in the news. And there's a lot of talk about how to explain this scary stuff to kids. And that's not new. Our next reader, Vivian, brought a few things she wrote in 1963 when she was 10 years old. November 22nd, 1963. Dear Diary, Today when I got out of school, the bus driver's radio was on and said President Kennedy got shot in the right temple and the back of his head came out through his throat. Um, I know he's dead. It seems as if He was my, first I wrote father, then I changed it to uncle. (laughs) I'm so sad. He died about 3 o'clock p.m. Everything was tried, but he still died. P.S. We got out of school at 2.30. November 24th. Dear Diary, today Lee Harvey Oswald, prime suspect of Kennedy's death was shot in the stomach by Jack Ruby in the police station. While he was being escorted out, he was rushed to Parkdale Hospital where Kennedy was. For a moment, his heart stopped beating, so they started to massage it, but he still died. Today, oh, I grew up in Ottawa. Today, Ottawa Rough Riders played Hamilton Tiger Cats. They were going to see who would be in the Grey Cup game. Um, I had a four-week-old sister at the time. November 27th. Mom and Dad left us, my two brothers, with Susie and said she will sleep a long time. They went out to the show. As soon as they left... Susie woke up, and she was screaming and crying, and then she made a big poo. (laughs) December 25th, this is a Jewish kid growing up in Ottawa. Stupid old Christmas. When Matthew was in grades 9 to 11, he kept a diary. And as you'll hear, 
he used his diary to chronicle many of his teenage relationships, or as he put it, his young, tumultuous love. June 28th. I'm lying in bed writing my first ever journal entry. It seems to be a good time to start a journal since I've just finished grade eight and people keep telling me a lot of changes will happen in high school. I'm going out with Keisha Brown. I don't really know why since I don't really like her. (laughs) Either tomorrow I will break it off or we will make out. Wow, I just got back from a weekend in Brockville and a day in Ottawa with Celeste. I got to her house around 10.30 Saturday morning, met her mom and sister, didn't go as badly as I had expected. Went downtown, ate at Subway, walked around a bit. It was weird. We ate together and did all this stuff that was so cool. We went back to her house, watched some Lion King, ate dinner, watched more Lion King... The movie finished and we talked for like 45 minutes. I was going to kiss her, but she looked down and it was 8.30, time to go. (laughs) We were both sad, but we're okay with not having kissed, which was cool. (laughs) Held hands all the way to meet my dad somewhere on the highway. (laughs) Writing for the first time in a long time. School is very busy. It's late tonight. I have French and physics work to do. I'm still going out with Alana. It's been almost seven months. To bring it up to date, the second year at summer camp was amazing. Lots of fun at camp. We had a group of 40, and they were all lots of fun. After camp, I went to Atlanta's cottage. I met and hung out with her three friends and the rest of the Page family. They were a fun bunch. On the last night, Atlanta and I had sex. I definitely didn't foresee losing my virginity at 16 with a 15-year-old, but as crazy as it sounds, we were ready for it. Haven't told anyone at school yet for obvious reasons. Tonight, skateboarded down to Licks for the 23-cent turkey burger deal. (laughs) There I saw a girl who was about my age, I think, who was with her parents. She was attractive, but something about her eyes was different. Nothing was said between us, but both of us seemed to always be catching the other looking at us out of the corner of our eyes. It was a shame because I will probably never see her again, but I felt I knew her for some reason and that we understood each other better without any verbal communication. (laughs) A very strange but amazing feeling. (laughs) Things are going great with Maggie. We went to see an advanced screening of Harry Potter number three, and afterwards, when I drove her home, we ended up parking at the end of her dead-end street and making out. We both laughed so much because it was such a cliché. And, yeah, thankfully, finally. uh, You know when you like someone so much it hurts? You know the feeling, but why does it hurt? Because you know it has to end sometime? What happens when it doesn't end? I bet you're the happiest person in the world. The thing I think I love most about Matthew's journal entries is that losing his virginity gets equal billing with a discount turkey burger. 
I think that is an experience most of us can relate to. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Transac in Toronto and produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our intern. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. And our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. We have a bunch of live events coming up soon in places like Toronto, St. Albert, Vancouver, Victoria, and Peterborough, Ontario. For more details, check out our website, grownups.fm. You can also follow us on Facebook, where we post photos and videos of the brave readers who get up on our stage. Just search for grownups read things they wrote as kids. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. Listener.